do we we don't need to be politically correct at the moment right no yeah. we don't have to be <laughs> not yet no no not yet no, not no, yet no. ah bhai please siddhar let us know ah huh? just like when you hit the record button could we left with much if we all get a veto <laughs> 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 of this uh, round table started with me and harding chatting up about a bunch of uh, you know discussions we, all of us have had in person uh, with different designers uh, among us and yeah. the kind of things that the people you know the real deal the real talk people don't talk about uh, of course yeah. like it's it's a tricky trajectory to work on uh, you know we walk sometimes we'll be walking on eggshells but yeah it's important to talk about uh, the real deal right uh, so that is the heart and intent of this and today we are talking about growth path as a designer when you just jump into the field uh, what happens right uh, what are the options how do you start uh, what are the options in terms of career options companies and as you grow how do you grow what does it take what options will you get in the future what will it mean for your career going forward uh, so yeah let's get started uh, so first thing is obviously about starting out and uh, we'll first way what we'll do is we will go uh, in a circle and uh, we can decide the sequence probably alphabetical order and answer this like start answering question and then the conversation can take whatever direction it it may take so the first question is what we wish we knew when we were starting out so let's start with a people people with a so abhinav arjun which one comes first a b so that we, let's start with you yeah <laughs> what i wish i knew when starting out was yeah i would say that i don't really think of it that way in the sense that the things that i wanted to know back then i probably already knew it but wasn't listening to uh and it's like some of those things would be for example uh like the very specific thing which is i would follow designers and i would get really pissed off when they would talk about stuff that wasn't related to design and i would just like dude can you guys just talk about making apps making websites like what is this other st- stuff that you guys are talking about right Right. It just got started, but now I find myself doing the exact same thing, which is the actual pixels are not that interesting, or are interesting only when when that's your whole scope of knowledge. But over time, it's like you start figuring that these layers exist, and you're just like peeling the onion, and you're like, wait, like I never thought of that part. I didn't think of that part. So I think the one big challenge, one thing that I wish I knew was there's a lot of depth to it. uh and then i don't think i really needed to know it because i did figure it out over time but yeah that's what i would say awesome let's move to arjun yeah uh i think honestly the one thing i wish i was told i i went to a design college and basically the whole setup over there kind of wanted us to think a certain way and like hone our thought process and outlook towards things a certain way but then what i realized after coming and to the industry and started you know being part of the process of building things that's when i realized that you know you have to leverage the best of who you are as a person you have to really play to your strengths so that's something i never i wish i had known earlier as opposed to sitting and working on new skill sets etc i thought i i it took me some time to understand that i should you know build on skills which i would eventually be able to capitalize and leverage on as a person as you know bringing myself as a personality into the mix and that has been like a big takeaway like over the last few years especially for me right awesome makes sense who's next madhuri it's you hey uh-huh. 
Oh shit! That, I think I'm. So that's A to Z's are <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Illiterate. Yeah, that has that has been through a lot. Okay, let's cut him some slack. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like braved too much now over the last. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah one of the things uh, that i uh, in the hindsight i like wish i knew was that uh, you cannot make uh, an idea great in isolation right uh, the only other variable that you need to think about is timing and if the timing is not great no matter how good the idea is it will not work so um i always used to basically internalize it uh, in a in a bad way right like hey why why did a certain idea not work but uh, sometimes the timing as a variable is not in your control not in uh, even a collective's control for example not even in the company's control because timing also means like the market conditions and things like that so uh, many great ideas we see circling back and now working that didn't used to work before was be- is because of uh, basically that variable right i wish i knew earlier i would have probably not tried uh, <laughs> so hard on a few few things that i i uh, actually spent a lot of time on wow makes sense madhuri what was your uh i actually have two points uh one is i wish uh i learned about compounding way earlier than i you know just realized because compounding was an important aspect we all think we know but it just dawns upon you one day that i wish i had compounded this better any skill it doesn't matter like even if it's just reading or you know doing anything and the second thing along with compounding was understanding the fact that my time was very limited in every aspect of life like i used to think that oh this design would live forever you know there's no iteration you know we all have that initial idea that starts out but then over a period of time i realized that okay this is not going to happen it has to be iterated it has to move forward and the time of that the cycle of the whole thing has to keep reducing so that we move much forward very quickly and that was quite a realization for me and it it has changed the way i think completely in this past few years for me sure i think uh, coming to me uh, for me uh, i think uh, what i wish i knew when i was starting out is uh, that the 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 imposter syndrome or uh, and in combination with the emotional vulnerability of a, uh, being a designer uh, you know constantly stays it never really you think you you have, you have grown the thick, thick skin you think you have you have come across where you can objectively uh take feedback uh, but it's a constant process uh, it it never at least for me it never really you know got over there's still layers to uh un- undo and you know there's still a lot of a lot of work pending there so it, design is emotional labor i guess that's what i wish i knew coming in that it's just not that plain and simple it is emotional labor for various reasons i um, i read uh, uh like a few few days ago somewhere where uh, somebody mentioned about that exact emotional labor part of uh, being a designer right like uh, we take so much of our work back with us when we go back home uh, right. compared to let's say an engineer or like a product manager who would probably not even be thinking about things mm-hmm. and this is why like the emotional highs and lows that we live through even within a single day or within a single hour sometimes is um, just basically uh, we bringing that upon ourselves um and i don't know why why that is maybe it's just the personality of the nature of work right like it's it, it's something that uh, uh comes with the kind of work that we uh, produce which is highly visible which is something that people have uh, immediate reactions to um that is something that is super hard to like live with uh, you know or or make peace with right like how do you 
the highs and lows are like this how do you bring them much more closer to like uh, like a state of um, basically uh, peace right like hey if, i mean if you have a high high that uh, that basically almost certainly means means that a low is coming um, if not today maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, but if you have a low you also have a high coming right so that was something that was hard to uh, it took its time i don't mm. think that's that's necessarily specific to just design as well like i think it probably applies to product managers and developers yeah. as well like anyone who's involved in the building process i guess exactly because like sometimes when i'm doing development type of work right mm. like i'll be sleeping at night and i'll be still thinking about how webflow how i would move this here and there and i'm just like wait i need to shut off my brain and mm-hmm. go to sleep right. right and that's it happens at so many different levels it's like the actual building level and then how it will be perceived and then you know there's layers mm. to it I think uh, one question with right. uh, problem solving right? we want right. to solve this problem from all angles possible so you just be thinking about it like from all angles right. like how am i solving this am i doing it or am i breaking it somewhere am i like you know just going round and round about until you feel that gut check that yes this is the the right solution that that should go forward mm-hmm. i think that's the process we all go through and that highs and lows are important to be reduced otherwise we are going to keep mm-hmm. the vicious cycle is going to keep going on yeah right i think another and there's an interesting part in there that you touched upon hardy that that i think i feel especially for which is that unlike engineers and product managers our work is more public you know like people don't have a opinion like random people on the street don't have an opinion about what kind of code you wrote or uh, i would yeah. i would make one correction our work is not public because it's way more visible actually yeah. it would be way more public if if it was not visible and if people didn't have immediate reactions to if we, because people have immediate reactions to we are also less uh, open to like sharing it publicly i mean nitpicking but yes <laughs> no that's true that's true i think that 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 is an that is one important emotional labor as well it's like i think filmmakers also face that in in a sense like uh, you know uh, actors like every every person on the street has an opinion about their acting skills or even sports right like i'm sure like uh, hardik's twitter feed does get occupied when uh, you know this certain cricketer is uh, not performing well enough so it, i think it, it, it un, not knowingly our work makes us a public person you know like unlike other fields while yeah design it's also like design is like the first line of defense when you use a product right like the first thing you're going to see is not the loading time for example that is maybe because of the dev or like for example let's say delivery time which is like a real world this thing you would probably see the first thing which is the screen yeah and that like informs your perceptions that informs how you're going to feel throughout the rest of the interaction with the product i've actually seen some uh, people use that as a very very valid argument so i was in a meeting where a designer literally looked to look to their development team and the product manager and said listen tomorrow when there's a bad tweet about what we ship uh, no one's going to say this is so badly product managed or this is so badly they're going to say this is so badly designed mm-hmm. so i am i am the main stakeholder here like that's that was the point that designer was trying to make wow i think that's that is a legit point i mean you can't yeah. deny it <laughs> so we are like at, like what abhinav said is just is totally true right we are at the first line of defense in that way mm. it's uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, movie and uh, filmmakers right i think any uh, profession that is uh, creative right uh, if creativity in the service of art or creativity in service of solving a problem that has multiple solutions um, in any given space right like many approaches are possible and that is where 
all the opinions start rolling in. That is why people have this reaction to um, uh, the work that you put out, right? Like, hey, I would not have done it this way. I would have done it some other way, which is why, according to me, your work basically has this delta and I'm going to voice it in terms of uh, a harsh or a soft feedback. And uh, the thing is with an engineer's work, um, it's harder to like estimate that delta because many times the barrier to entry with le the level of expertise required to just the work is very different. I would not call it hard or uh, difficult or easy. It's different. Mm. Um, and hence people cannot provide as um, reactive feedback, as much of a reactive feedback to their work as they can do to our work, right? Mm. Just like how uh, the kind of reaction we have to a film as, as you described, right? Like mm. it's like, yeah. That that's bad acting or that's good acting, but probably in their mind or in their context or the way they understood the, the script, it's probably the right way to approach the character, right? <laughs> right. That, that makes sense. Coming uh, back to our uh, topic of starting out, uh, you know, uh, another interesting question is like, what excites us today and the next five years as designers, right? Uh, come from different backgrounds like let's start like talking about what excites you like what is upcoming that that will excite you i think for me um i'm sort of closing a particular circle that started in college for me which is i did computer science uh one of the main reasons i did it was because i had watched the social network and i was like fuck it let's let's build an app let's build something which is going to be the next big thing right then in college my realization was that programming is one part of it but then actually deciding what to build that is design. So that's when I sort of got into design. And now, now I've reached a point where I'm getting back into programming, uh, not because I intended to, but because the tools are so much better. So mm -hmm. something like Webflow, for example, has let me make end-to-end -end products, which includes front-end, back-end, as well as the design, right? So what I'm actually really interested about now is how many designers are actually going to just go full stack, mm -hmm. right? Because we've always faced the situation where we can come up with really good ideas, but then it's, we need to depend on somebody else to bring it out into the world. Right? So you have this crazy idea, but then let's say the developer who you're friends with, you're just sitting on that idea for three weeks. You're probably going to lose steam as a result. Mm -hmm. But now that tooling is so much better, now that you don't actually need to be a hardcore developer, you can actually just do it with Webflow. Um, I want to see how far that gets pushed. And then I think that might just change what it means to be a designer, which is not just doing a, one part of the whole product, but maybe just the whole product itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Every added, uh, every added head to the idea basically dilutes the idea, or I would probably say pollutes the idea, unless you're <laughs> Apple, right? And, uh, <laughs> unless you're made to follow the directive. All right. What do you think, Arjun? You look very uh, confused. <laughs> actually, when Abhinav was talking, all I could think of was, why did I not meet this man like two, three years ago, <laughs> right? Because my trajectory has actually been a little different because, because I understood that I had to get out of my shell and like stop working in a silo and actually start, you know, collaborating way more often. Because for me, the first taste of you know, actually uh, seeing a lot of people come together and build a product that happened fairly recently, like three years ago, right? Before that, it was all about like sitting in one place and just shipping out a lot of materials. So for me, uh, my dependence on this outward spectrum of, you know, non-designers, people from business and product management and, you know, developers and engineering, that has actually increased. My dependency on them has increased. 
purely for insight and like knowledge right but yeah like the the world of tooling is something i still don't like i i am glad that i you know i got this opportunity to kind of develop this world view with these people around me and now like tomorrow i can still like say you know what now now i have these insights this is what i take from these experiences and i can actually go back to relying on these tools because that's what i used to do earlier but then the, i had you know the, i had a lack of tools and i had a lack of insights but now what coupling what abhinav actually said would just i mean i'm i'm excited for what what lies ahead in the, in the next five years because now we are way more aware about our dependency on people right mm-hmm. we're also seeing way more opportunity and also mm-hmm. the kind of things we're building now people are growing mm-hmm. with your product right it's not just like the products are versioned people mm-hmm. people are themselves getting exposed to better products all the time so mm-hmm. uh, the benchmark is much higher and everything else is going to just start you know playing catch up so mm-hmm. that's what's exciting me over the next 5 years i guess awesome hardik what what is your take on that like um Nick. yeah i think for for me personally i i would love for designers and our field to actually start thinking about real world problems as well uh, and get out of uh, out of the screens right and uh, now that uh, we are sort of reaching peak smartphone and like peak uh, digital products i love the companies that are actually doing things uh, outside of the screens right like for example zeroda is like disrupting all the finance market right like sure through the means of technology i would love for more designers to take on like urban planning or like solving like the or even attempting like the traffic problem and more like sort of design driven thinking to these problems right instead of like sort of leaving it to policy makers uh, i love the way sort of um, i mean uh, i not to get too political right but uh, the whole like digital india movement and like uh, uh, actually even even that kind of a dna uh, sort of starting to seep into the government is like really po- is a positive sign that we are opening ourselves up to like technology being a solution instead of like this uh, thing that everybody sort of needs to protect their uh, their population against right so um yeah i would love for like more uh, real life physical world uh, uh, change to come in uh, through design and more more uh, uh, startups coming into that space like logistics and traffic and like uh, uh, yeah madri what's up um I actually second what Abhinav said because I genuinely think that designers should be able to execute and sell their idea very well because there was always a dependency like saying that hey I'm going to depend on a developer friend or I'm going to figure out some way to put this prototype out we would do some version of it and it would always be lesser because our ideas will always fall short so i i'm so excited for the future where we can replace our product managers and our developers to a certain extent and say that my idea is minimum viable product minimum solution fit is done now you go ahead and develop into you know a full fledged business you do whatever you want it's okay but we have basically clearly conveyed the idea to business and beyond this i want to make sure that you know just designers understand the basics of human beings like we're designing for a human being at the end of the day if we do not really understand what is their psychology their behavioral economics those are the things that i'm really excited for designers to know more about not these over the top topics like neuromarketing and all these trends that are coming actually going deep down into our as the old thing says human factors international go back and just understand those basics so that we design better for that human being if we 
I think if we can fix those gaps, I am super excited for that future. Right. Awesome. I think uh, instead of talking, uh, uh, all of the things you folks spoke about excite me. Uh, and uh, there's a particular reason. And uh, just going back, if we go a little, go back to the history a little, uh, designers work closer to architects and engineers. Uh, you know, coming from that field, uh, then you know some of us uh, like realize. And sort of that, there was a whole wave of coming away from you know that uh, technical area and getting into art and you know advertisement and uh, you know that sort of side dominating the design world. And with uh, design systems literally challenging, you know, uh, the idea of let's say the creative and ill, uh, wicked problem-solving design thinking side, like these two compete. The system thinking and design thinking are actually very opposing theories, very very opposing theories. And uh, we are living in a world where designers can't go like I'm either or. Like you literally need both, you know, need to honor both sides, the rational side and the irrational side uh, of uh, of things, understanding the psychology and the economics, you know, understanding the business and, you know, how ads are done or how behaviors change or how habits are made. And plus, uh, I mean, given these new tools, like we spoke about, uh, Abhinav was talking about Webflow, and uh, even the prototyping tools are great, getting crazier. Like, uh, we are not too far from them being at least having basic structure of database and launching an app might be possible from there. So uh, the I think that is what I'm excited about, that, a, we will be forced to look at both sides and acknowledge both sides of our existence and not alienate ourselves from that, which we've historically done. Uh, and B, uh, you know, these tools forcing us to put the real deal. You can't blame the engineer anymore. You know, that is the other side of it. You can't blame the product manager anymore. Like, of course, I they can uh, and I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can. Edit out, edit out, edit out. <laughs> Yeah, that way, that way, with nothing, no masala will reach the end. <laughs> Did you see how uh, how we went from like uh, should designers code to actually all the no code solutions that are coming out? Basically, <laughs> like full of it's like should designers code? No, actually, you know what? Never mind. Like, let's just not code at all. <laughs> and there's a tweet. There's a tweet. Uh, should designers no code? Oh my God. Basically. <laughs> But it's interesting, you know, even in Webflow, though, you need some background to understand, uh, uh, to use it uh, properly. If you have some basics of what, how if loops work, how, how database structures work, it becomes easier. Uh, you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That is actually good, right? Like, for example, like, how would you structure your database is a very fundamental problem that has nothing to do with code. Like, code mm -hmm. is a medium to access the database and sort of uh, act on it. But like, That's if true. you if you have the right kind of thinking, you as a designer should also be able to design a great database right. that allows you to build certain features, right? And I think that's right. the kind of thing Abhinav was talking about, right? There is right. designing, there is designing all functions, right? Hmm. Even like the way your database is structured, for example, or the way your APIs are, uh, are right. designed. There, it's actually called designing APIs, right? And uh, right, the uh, database design. Yeah, yeah, DevX is like whole companies working on it. So mm -hmm. I think uh, these kinds of tools make it more accessible to us to put that thinking into places where it earlier was not accessible to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, hence, we are seeing people doing all kinds of crazy things with these tools that they were not able to do before, right? Um, right, for sure. And coming to our next uh, uh, question, uh, is what is a what's a senior designer versus what's a super duper senior designer? 
so that that title is open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we'll start with uh, what what do we mean senior designer? Like it's the word is thrown around. So I mean, what do you think? What do we mean senior designer? I saw this I saw this tweet recently where uh, I think it was the founder of UNO. Uh, I think the tweet was this guy uh, replied to this tweet, which was uh, somebody had made this rant about. They're like, oh, dude, like I'm shaking my head. Like this product manager in my PRD said that uh, I have to improve customer experience and retention. And that's it. Right. And she's like, oh, this is so dumb. Like, what, why do PMs do this? And his reply was, wait, like that's what a senior designer is actually supposed to do. I would prefer you tell me to do that rather than tell me do exactly this. Right. right? And what that comes down to, to me is dealing with ambiguity, right? Which is any design process, like I view, view it as a inverted triangle, where when you start off, you have so many things going on and you have no idea which direction it's going to take. And then as you develop clarity, you go towards a solution and finally you reach something which, you know, after all these inputs considered, uh, you've designed something that works really well. Mm-hmm. I think the difference between a junior and senior designer technically is just that depth, which is how well do you deal with ambiguity? For example, as a junior designer, you might think the triangle ends here, mm-hmm. which is like, say you have screens, you have how they animate and then maybe how the screens connect to each other. Or you have a few things and you think, okay, like it caps up over here. Versus then you realize there's another layer to it, which is maybe I need to figure out uh, what are the business goals for this, mm-hmm. right? Or let's say you have a team that you're managing, you're, you have to then figure out, okay, who is best suited to do this particular thing? And then the number of inputs that you have to work with, number of the amount of ambiguity keeps changing. Mm-hmm. So I think a senior designer is just one who has some amount of experience or understanding of what these different ambiguities are and can work with them in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And junior designers typically uh, might not know how deep that ocean is. They're just maybe looking at the ocean floor, uh, but then they realize that over time. <clears throat> Makes sense. Yeah. Arjun, what's up? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I mean, I love that analogy of the triangle, right? That pyramid structure. Like, actually, for me, uh, a junior designer is basically just running on adrenaline enthusiasm, right? And like the ideal junior designer you want, right? Is just who's like on like full rush about like wanting to just do more, right? I think that's what like would eventually get them into the world of getting to want to know more, right? And then uh, like the, the pyramid which Abhinav spoke about, like they, that's the way, that out, outlook towards, that approach towards things will eventually get them to, you know, know more and more about the pyramid and like as they progress, as they go into more senior roles, that's when the problem solving starts uh, starts kicking in. But then all this, all this is going to come from an outlook of enthusiasm and passion, right? So... The ideal junior designer who we are all like scouting for, I guess, is that person with like ultra crazy enthusiasm, I guess. Like for me, that's, that, that's like the, and because that once that enthusiasm is there, it's always going to be there, right? Until and unless something ridiculously <laughs> happens in terms of shipping. Right? For a senior designer, what's a senior designer, Hadik? What's your take on that? I have a serious take and a hot take. Uh-huh. <laughs> We are here for the hot takes. 
I'll go with the hot take first, right? I think a junior designer is like a uh, is like very much like Dunzo, where he or she is just waiting to be told what needs to be done, and they'll just go and run the task. Uh, senior designer is like an Ola driver who would tell you, "Do you really need to go there?" Right? Like, why do you why are you taking me on the ride? Right? He'll, they'll ask like very fundamental questions, right? And then at the end, they'll say, "I'm canceling the ride because I don't want to be a part of this journey." Basically. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, as Abhinav said, right, uh, the junior designers basically, uh, the, the function is very linear and, and sequential, right? Like you sort of wait for input from the previous stakeholder or let's say the overarching biggest stakeholder and you execute. But as you sort of grow uh, more senior, like the roles start to like sort of become vertical where you are actually parallelly standing with them and supporting basically the entire function, right? Which means not only are you required to come up with a solution, but you're also required to trade the ambiguity and also define, solidify the problem, right? What is the job of a product manager? Basically, this is the goal we're trying to achieve. What product would achieve that goal? Can you define that product? Defining the product is usually done by product managers in case when they are accompanied by a junior designer, but a senior designer comes on board, they would actually partner and together they would decide what product would achieve that goal. So you sort of become more vertical and like start supporting the organization, supporting the product instead of just executing the product. So as uh, when you start supporting the product, that's when you truly become a stakeholder. Otherwise, I mean, in the earlier days, like when you, when you sort of are a junior designer, you are just, um, uh, basically making, um, uh, basically making your work, do the talking and like, uh, keeping the wheels going, right? Like you're just executing and keeping things in motion. But, uh, as you go up, you're starting to support more than, uh, what you were doing earlier. Right. So, and, and supporting comes in many ways, right? Like creating a great organization, um, as Abhinav had done in, uh, an academy, right? Like support, like basically, um, in Google, there's like a great saying, right? Like uh, great leaders don't design products. They design organizations that design great products because organization design is the problem that if they, if solved well, would reflect in the products eventually, right? So it's, it's very right. meta that way. Uh, but that is kind of what the role starts to look like uh, as you uh, grow more senior. Right. Madhuri, what, what's your take on that? Uh, I believe uh, seniority is not in the terms of years or the number of time you've spent in the field. It is actually the accountability you have towards the idea at the center. And it doesn't matter if you're two years old or if you have eight years old, if, as long as you drive your team or you drive yourself to keep, to make sure all stakeholders keep the idea at the center, which is the, the product or the business or the, you know, the, the actual problem that you're solving. That is seniority according to me. And that means that if I have to communicate to my stakeholders, I'll do that. If I need to make sure that I have a, you know, we have a funny way of saying it at Experian. If I have to sing to the cow, I will sing. If I have to dance to the cow, I will dance. So that that work gets done. Because that's the accountability I carry. And the more the accountability I carry, it is much more, the seniority increases on its own. That's how I see it. And I think... I, I should be proven wrong because I have seen many instances of it as well. Yeah. Right. I think, uh, you know, just picking on some of the threads uh, all over the place, uh, uh, all of us seem to agree on like, you know, it's about the ambigu ambiguity or ability to deal with problem statements or, or, or even figure out what, you know, what needs to be done and get it done. 
uh, all of those aspects matter, matter. And I think another uh, critical thing that I uh, have felt over the years is uh, first thing that one of the key aspects that I uh, definitely feel is ability to disengage and uh, you know with uh, stop associating your work uh, with your self worth. That becomes a very important part of sort of coming into the industry, right? Like I see designers struggling day in, day out. Then you're not able to take feedback. You're not able to, you know, progress. You're not able to discover the crazy new ideas. And uh, another important aspect I think uh, about it becomes is uh, like we all was already touched upon was business awareness, right? Uh, or whatever organization employs, it could be an NGO as well. Uh, but the awareness of what the what is the overall end goal how this uh, small piece fits into the bigger puzzle, you're able to sort of draw, draw that path. And uh, I think third is honesty for me. Like you start being more honest about your own work with yourself. Like you start discovering the limitations. You, you become more vocal about that. This is where it's going to fail, right? This was not designed for this. It's, I have not covered all the things. So that honesty sort of takes a reverse course where uh, when I was like just starting out, I would defend everything. No, but this will do this as well, this as well, this as well. And uh, over the years, it's about like, no, it will just do this one thing and one thing only. And there's no guarantee for, of it working for anything else. You, I mean, you learn the limitations of your work as well. That's part of uh, being senior as well, at least for me. Any, uh, anybody got like uh, anything they agree or disagree with? For sure, dude, for sure. I agree with all those points. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sir, please go ahead. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I was saying I agree with the honesty part because there have been times where I have to be brutally honest with myself or somebody is brutally honest with me, which is worse. So I'd rather be brutally honest with myself. <laughs> For sure. What were you saying, Anjan? So well put. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true, right? Like, I mean, I I I think all of us struggled with like taking critique very badly and seriously, right? Right from like how it, uh, how the setups were set up in college, like the whole concept of juries to right. then in the industry, mm-hmm. like when you see people from not non-design backgrounds also mm-hmm. uh, weighing in on this, like mm-hmm. I used to take critique very badly. I still remember this. Hardik knows this very well, right? Like he's seen me take critique very, very badly to a point where it was crazy. But yeah, like uh, this is like spot on what Madhuri said was spot on about this. Right. And you know, this, this brings us to, uh, as you grow, uh, eventually you do reach a fork in, in the industry where uh, in, after so many years of being senior designer, you either have to pick between a managerial uh, side of things or you have to pick between uh, IC leadership roles, right? And uh, uh, so just generally, what are your opinions on like, uh, what do, personally, what did that choice look like for you or will it, did it like, did you encounter that yet? And what, what are your thoughts generally about those two choices? Hmm. I think uh, I would say there are actually three parts. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the lead design. There's you as an individual contributor. There's a design manager. And the mm-hmm. third is you drop out of both of these. You <laughs> try to do a third thing, which is like for a lot of people, that third thing could be, uh, let me do product management. That third thing could be, let me just do my own thing which is right. I've been building products for so many people. Why can't I just do that by myself? Or mm-hmm. the third thing could just be uh, a different role where design is not, maybe not the main thing, but design is definitely your unfair advantage at that thing. Uh, but getting to the question, which is between these two parts, 
personally i feel that um i feel like most people that i've spoken to are very apprehensive about moving from moving to a design manager role uh, because they feel that they're not ready for it mm-hmm. uh, but personally the way i actually moved from moved into design management was i was just like yeah i mean how hard could it be and i'm going to figure it out because i had by that point so to give you some background um i was managing a team when i was building listen for example so at housing for example i was part of a team and listen i was managing a team which was developers uh, and then when i joined on academy they were like yeah what do you want to do i was like okay let's do design so then i started building out the team and i was it was more about you've managed people before you've you've had an opportunity to see an overall picture and that should prepare you technically to do it so to most people who think about design managers the design manager role versus ic role i would say you should actually just jump into design management uh, whenever you get the chance if that's an interest that you have because nobody is really ready for it uh, you figure it out on the job of course there's a lot you can read uh, there is advice that you can get but the best way to do it is to actually just do it right uh, and the most uh, i think the most one good way to get into it without too much of risk as well is that managing just one or two people can be a good uh, can be a good sort of i think training exercise to get your basics right which is mm-hmm. you know how often should i check up on people how often mm-hmm. should i give my feedback versus let them figure it out mm-hmm. what are the points where i should interject or should i let them pick their own battles right a lot of these things are basics that you figure out uh irrespective of how many people you are um, working with so right. one, and once you have these basics then scaling up is just a matter of how many more people can i do this for and how many uh how many things do i have going on that i can give my attention to mm-hmm. yeah personally that's my opinion around this and just before we move on i i just want to throw a follow up question yeah. which is uh, uh which is i mean feel free to refuse to answer it as well do we really need like design managers like weren't product managers supposed to be the design managers hmm. i think the tricky part about that is product managers see at least in in uh, let's say silicon valley for example um from what i've heard pm interviews you actually have a design interview where you have to actually solve design problems you actually have a dev interview where you have to t- actually solve dev problems like you have whiteboarding and stuff Uh, but in india like i feel like a lot of pms aren't expected to do design mm-hmm. um because i feel like maybe i'm not i'm maybe generalizing here but most companies the first few pms are usually people managers mm-hmm. and then they get more into deeper into product mm-hmm. uh, versus i'm not sure how that is in the us maybe it's similar uh but i feel like that's one of the reasons why you need somebody who speaks the language of design mm-hmm. which is not just for the designers on your team but for the overall company as well so for example now now that i've been at an academy people know what the dictionary of terms is for example when how do you talk about design right mm-hmm. if you didn't have the dictionary you wouldn't be able to talk about nuanced things in design mm-hmm. uh, and that dictionary usually is built up in a team uh, when you have designers who've done it before at a different place Mm-hmm. so and then once that happens as a product manager you have the dictionary you can do that same thing to the other people you work with right 
Yeah, makes sense. Arjun, what's your take on uh, IC role versus managerial roles and the options? Uh, so I've been so the way Abhinav spoke about it, uh, it kind of triggered something else in, uh, entirely for me. Uh, my entire premise so far has been around uh, you know growing as an IC, and uh, that, I think what what has really helped me uh, is the fact that I had the ideal mentors at the ideal at the right points of time right so uh, i had a very good mentor who understood what strengths i bring into a process uh, mm-hmm. when i was at ola and then uh, in in swiggy uh, i have a mentor who basically understood what kind of strengths i bring to the organization so mm-hmm. it's just it's the scale of it increased uh, when i moved into swiggy right? so uh, in both scenarios like what i understood over time is that when you're an when you're an individual contributor and and when you're a design manager so it comes down to a people skill where in one in one side you're looking at mentorship and in the other side you're looking at collaboration right you still have an eye on the output but an individual individual contributor is still going to be a very very key important person in terms of people management right uh, they're still going to be uh, you know fighting battles in terms of collaboration and getting you know things together right uh, and versus a design manager is doing the same is fighting the same battles with different variables right mm-hmm. they have to look at the people quotient and the mentorship quotient right so i think that's where my stance is with regards to uh, individual and design manager or oh, i'll i've been in a place for a long time where this was this is a big problem in the indian mindset right that uh, growth means ek din manager banna chahiye right that's the thought process which is kind of drilled into us and i'm so glad that we are now in fairly unorthodox setups where this is not like forced and drilled down anymore right so uh, there are i know people who are, who have like chartered very uh, you know uh, good careers for themselves as individual contributors as well as managers and i've seen managers who have become very very strong evangelizers within the within the organization right so and i think you need both these sort of mixes especially in design right to kind of uh, look at companies seeing the product and uh, seeing the outputs of when you put these sort of people into the mix that eventually i mean few years ago design was a product function today design is a vertical on its own like how like like abhinav and hardik and mathri have spoken about it we are now a vertical on our own and this has happened because of both collaboration ability to collaborate and ability to mentor right so that's my stance now at, at this point of time with with regards to individual contribution and makes sense hardik what's your take on that uh, yeah i uh, i think to build on uh, what abhinav uh, initially mentioned about uh, uh, managing right like i think as a designer you are already managing the stakeholders right and uh, managing people around you uh, because uh, you all sort of work in the same, same product and problems it's just that with management uh, as a function it brings a responsibility to it so you're managing other people even as a normal ic designer you're just not responsible for their work directly mm-hmm. but as if you as you become a design manager you have people who you are responsible for uh and to make sure like they deliver good work as well and they also grow so it's it's almost like the organization needs to benefit from their work and they need to benefit back 
from the organization. So you are the one making sure of both of those functions, right? And um, the other way to so it's so there are a lot of similar uh, similarities with uh, being a parent, right? Right, like you're you're sort of directly responsible uh, to make them to ensure that they are growing. But you're also making sure that they are producing great quality work, right? Like the growth and uh, their growth and the company growth sort of uh, go hand in hand. Um, and uh, good managers do ensure that. I think uh, I probably right now work at a company that has the highest level of hierarchy uh, probably anywhere in the world, right? So um, here, that's something that I've noticed. And the other thing is um, the role of a manager is becoming a great curator of the work. Of their team right so they're not gatekeepers they are curators so they actually by being a great curator they impart their um, uh, their knowledge of taste and their, their sort of um, their uh, uh, variables of taste onto their team right so if a manager has a great taste they sort of impart that to the team and the team ends up also starting to see things at a different level than they used to see. So it's all it's almost like job is to impart that taste onto uh, your uh, designers and to teach them how to develop their own taste, right? So how to develop their own curation algorithm. Because we all start out as great creators, right? Mm -hmm. All of the create, we all jump to tools. But mm -hmm. the curation eye is what sort of makes you um, uh, truly evaluate great ideas. So I think as a manager, you can be that uh, curator to your creator team and then, you know, end up uh, ensuring that the, great, the better outcome is what sort of leaves the filter. Not not everything that uh, that the team creates, right? So you be that kind of a, a curator and uh, help the team um, see those things that you are able to see, right? That made you grow. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Madhuri, what's your what's your take on that? I'm actually in the training ground right now. <laughs> 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 and uh, it's one or two people I'm just working with. I, so I work in an organization that's high and center is design. You know that's that. Like it's completely right. centered on design. Yeah. And one of those lucky few people where everything comes back to design and we keep questioning. But we also know that everything is kind of like problem solving. So the idea at the center is very solid. And when that comes to it, the only principle that I'm now learning very strongly is get out of the way get out of it right because you end up thinking that this is the thing that you need but you mm -hmm. often blind yourselves from that <clears throat> so managerial role versus ic role so far i was an ic now i'm training i have deep appreciation for the, my managers so you're like kind of like okay now you try to understand the pain that you have put somebody else through so you kind right. of like learn from that you pick up go forward and get out of the way of the people that you're trying to manage so that they can perform better and hopefully be inspired from you one day. So you fall in love with them, but they may not fall in love with you. That's absolutely fine. So that is something that I'm still learning and hopefully it's working out. Let's see. Depends on you know who I'm talking about is that you know who I am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was trying to um, address the other question that you asked, right? Like, do we really right. need managers? Yes, yes. If we do or don't need managers depends on the individual person, right? Many times the amount of managing a person needs is very different. I have seen people who are able to take responsibility on their own, frame really complex problems and break them down into like... Um, achievable chunks and just run the show on their own. They are the people who probably need the least managing. They, they, mm -hmm. It's basically 
they are the best people to manage honestly as a manager right yes. um uh, that just allows you to do more stuff right and you cannot you don't have to worry about them all day long but uh, <laughs> then there are who who are who are figuring figuring things out who don't have uh, who are not um the same kinds of communicators as the other people right like you, there, there is a lot that goes uh, into being a designer for example i have seen many people who have never run a stakeholder meeting where they have never presented a work before to a team of more than 5 6 people they come with questions like how do i approach this right like i am really scared um what kind of uh, questions can i expect what kind mm. of uh, uh, boxes do i need to tick in order to ensure that there is minimal pushback mm. that is like a role of a manager of painting a picture of what it's like to present your work and to to take your work to somebody else right and those things i uh, so so uh, that is something you can do for people that need it done for them mm. but then there are also other people who probably already have done this before and and actually know the drill right and they just take it up on themselves and uh, go and do it so there's like both kinds of people and uh, it is very true that there are absolutely there are designers out there who don't need managers they are they are able to just be uh, a good at the craft uh, by themselves as well as running the organization not just good at the craft but also running the organization yeah um, i'd like to add to that yeah. actually um many times people realize that so as arjun added like you know we are all trained to think that becoming the manager is the thing that colonial hangover is still there within us and when we kind of like understand that and undo that learning we realize that management is a skill and being an ic is a skill and both need to be honed depending on context in some projects as hardik mentioned if you're giving the project accountability fully you will be the ic for that and you'll be taken care but there are some projects you have to work with somebody so i think going forward the roles will kind of intermingle and it is expected that people perform in a team at the same time perform on themselves mm. so that is something to look forward to i don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing maybe companies will say i don't need managers maybe companies will say i need people who pretend to be managers we don't <laughs> we we need uh, like really good uh, ic really successful um, ic role models who have actually charted senior like careers at the highest echelons right uh, and it's it's uh, it's something that we don't see often and that subconsciously biases are thinking into uh, into believing that actually being the man being a manager is the only way to grow senior and have more responsibility and oversight i think that's not the case right and in google um there are so many ic's who have uh, who are extremely senior right like and and they just have never wanted to take up managing other people right they just are fine by themselves they are doing great and uh, they are working at a level that justifies you know that that sort of rewards their their, their past work and uh, seniority so it's absolutely possible to uh, create a great uh, ic career for sure right and uh, just consolidating on this points i think uh, brilliantly put that colonial, colonial hangover of like you know that title and all that is completely dying and uh, another interesting thing that i'm observing that uh, you know which was touched upon a lot of time that Uh, as designer people management is a skill you will need anyway you know you will need to manage stakeholders communication is a skill you will need anyway over communication is a skill you will develop anyway and sort of that merging of that line one of the however one of the important aspects of where i still see a value of like let's say uh, just pure management is a lot of coaching mentoring 
and managing upwards, right? Uh, which is uh, can be very distracting, uh, you know, on the ground because managing upward after a point can become like a whole sort of deal. But that does bring us to the next question of the import uh, and uh, you know talking about these aspects like mentoring each other, you know, in a team, uh, collaborating with each other, uh, you know, uh, making each other accountable. Uh, and I really want to touch upon what what do you folks think about the role of mentoring uh, as it's designer in the team today, uh, especially if you're senior designer or you know lead IC IC role or some uh, you know something like that. And what is the also the role of design evangelism, right? Uh, these two aspects I want to touch upon. So Abhinav, let's start with you. Yeah. So I think I like Hartik's point about how a good design manager is also a curator, where you're imparting taste in a sense which is, um, I feel like that kind of taste is usually the alignment that the team needs. For example, mm -hmm. if you as a team can all agree that this is good design, like that is super valuable because without that, you would not be able to get to decisions as fast as you would be otherwise. Developing that common taste as a team is usually what binds the team together. Uh, so I feel like that is a very strong part of mentorship which is you are sort of as a mentor, you're giving them eyes to see things, right? Like when you look at something, there are different lenses through which you can look at things, right? Mm -hmm. You can look at it from a visual design lens. Mm -hmm. You can look at it from a business lens. You can look at it from a lot of different lenses that as a junior designer, you might not even know exist. Mm -hmm. So showing these lenses to, your team that is like a big part of mentorship so like that's the analogy that i would use uh, for mentorship um, of course there's a lot of process stuff as well um, for example how to do certain things or um, training in a sense that when you go through a set of experiences together the next time a similar experience happens you know what to do you know what's the best type of solution to it so like that doing it together as a team that's the collective experience that mentorship is all about. Second part about design evangelism, I would say um, the way I look at evangelism is simply this, right? Design as an industry, it's heavily based on proof of work, right? Um, and what I mean by that is that you being a designer with one year of experience versus mm -hmm. three years of experience, it's not immediately clear who's going to be the better designer. That one designer could have gone through a crazy number of experiences, had a really good mentor, really good projects, and be way above somebody who's done three years of sort of lukewarm stuff, let's say. Right? Uh, so proof of work is a very important part of this, which is why um, like Dribble, for example, was meant to be proof of work, but now it's just proof of outcome, which is this is what my outcome was in the end. Even when hiring, that's what we're judging for. We're judging for proof of work, which is mm -hmm. have you done these kind of problems in these kind of situations? before. Right. But the thing that not many people realize it goes the other way around as well, which is as a company, it's not enough for you to say, I am hiring designers and designers would apply. Right. A lot of startup founders that I speak to have this problem and they're like, why is it so hard to hire designers compared to these other roles? And the fact is that they don't know what proof of work for design looks like. So for example, right. uh, let's say Swiggy puts out a lot of good case studies or the designers there are excited about their work enough to talk about it. That's their proof of work that signals to other designers out there that, Hey, this is a good place for you to grow. And bigger companies typically don't have this problem. Like Google, everybody knows at some level that they have good design, 
but the tricky part is how do you build that from the start? Uh, as a small startup, medium-sized startup, getting into a big company. So that's what design evangelism is about on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Arjun, what does that mean for you? That was perfectly put here. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, the value of mentorship, right? I, I'm actually in a very cozy place where like I can take mentorship for granted now, right? It's like Wi-Fi for me, right? It's just like, it's when it's not there when that it hits. So uh, like, and I've been exposed to different types of mentorship and what I've realized is uh, like a lot of mentorship is about alignment, right? Is about bringing people to, you know, think a certain way, like, uh, you know, maintain a certain wavelength. And after that, the evangelizing and the actions, everything, they just happen on their own, I guess. Right. I realized like looking back, uh, there were scenarios where, uh, my mentor just basically, uh, you know, put me into the problem space. Right. And basically say, you know what, go fight it out. If, if, if you need something, I, uh, I'm around, you can just tell, you can just let me know. Then there are also scenarios where my mentor has spent a lot of time, right. With me earlier on in the problem. And after that has not, has not had to worry about, uh, how, how that materializes, because that's when I realized that at all that, all that timeshare, which I timeshare and mindshare, which I was exposed to was essentially to bring me to a certain wavelength of thought process, wherein my actions would eventually start, you know, uh, leading towards what that problem needed at that point of time. So that's the kind of mentorship I was exposed to. Right. So, and eventually, hopefully at one point of time, that's, that's how I look at collaboration as well. Right. I, uh, uh, from an organization standpoint, uh, this is what we all spend. Like, this is something which we are very lucky to see now in the Indian space that mm -hmm. companies now want to look outward within themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Product managers are not necessary. They, they've understood that they need enough and enough and more insight about design even but they don't even need to know design but they need enough insight to appreciate the process and right. factor that in, in terms of how they build and that's true for business that's true for technology everyone so now everyone is spending a lot more time on alignment earlier on right so it's that it's about that understanding the value of time being invested and even after that it's just about how everyone just disbands and is able to actuate these problems in the, in their own way, in their own way. So that's what I've been noticing over the last few years, especially and uh, bringing the whole product manager aspect into this mm -hmm. as well. Right. Uh, I have seen that change, right. Uh, earlier on, uh, product managers were all about, you know, uh, feasibility and shipping and execution. Now they're all about roadmaps and visioning. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's happened for designers as well now, because we work in such close proximity with them. So, uh, we are technically being mentored to mentor other products now. So, right. Very interesting take. And, uh, that, that's a, that's a very interesting part about wavelength and alignment. And I remember you speaking it about in the interview as well. And I've always found that an interesting aspect and definitely like, I can imagine what you're talking about when you get uh, alignment, the evangelism and mentoring part, like when, uh, with mentoring part, the evangelism starts to happen naturally. Sure. Uh, Hardik, what's your take on uh, that evangelism and mentoring? Um, 
I think for mentorship, it's uh, it's a lot about uh, basically imparting a lot of uh, mental models onto your uh, mentee, mm-hmm. right? Uh, instead of uh, telling them what's right and wrong or showing them what's good and bad, basically helping them arrive at that solution on their own. Right? So it's it's a uh, initially you start with a lot of handholding, but ideally in a mentorship, you should have to do less and less handholding to help them reach at better outcomes, right? And um, it's it's all about like. Uh, uh, and you can you, you can basically see that right like drawing another parallel to like parenting basically how you teach your kid is not to give them the answer but to <coughs> show tell them how to arrive at the answer right and that's that's good parenting right because then you are actually forcing them to think and forcing them to think about the repercussions of uh, if they take a certain path what would be the outcome if they take a different path what would be the outcome right and then you teach them to evaluate i think the evaluation is basically the core skill a designer should have and design mentor should have uh, design mentor should basically um, make their mentees aware of like how to be great evaluators, right? Not just any it's a, it's a it's a life skill also, right? It's like you you should be able to judge and evaluate like any situation and any outcome um, comparing apples to apples, right? So uh, that's what I think a role of a mentor is, um, and uh, you could like sort of abstract out a role of a manager from a role of a mentor in a in a as a parallel as well right uh, but doesn't need to be a manager i think uh, you could even learn these uh, these things from somebody who is not directly responsible mm-hmm. for you uh, right. about evangelism i think uh, we've seen like great success uh, uh, in companies that have done this well right it's basically being a flag bearer for uh, how they think and i think uh, that's very difficult to put out right how an organization thinks is uh, is a very difficult problem to actually uh, articulate and share out in a in a quick and uh, yeah, sort of uh, easily consumable way. Mm-hmm. But now we are seeing a lot of these um, companies doing a dot design or a slash design web page and uh, sharing out how they look at how how basically uh, they think about product design and uh, what role design plays in their organization. So if you don't do that, then it's very hard to judge from the outside and. Um, it, it then like reflects in your hiring as well, right? Uh, why do people or why do companies who complain uh, hiring designers and stuff find it tough? Because of them not, it's, it's like you have to do the work, you have to meet the good designers halfway, right? right. Show me why I should come to you as much as uh, I am telling you why I should, I, 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 should uh, I, I want to join you, right? So if they, if they meet halfway, like, hey, this is the environment we have created for you to succeed. Do you want to succeed right. with us? That's that's basically evangelism, right? Like you you put yourself out there uh, because good candidates are hiring you as a company as much as you are hiring the good candidates, right? So if the if the matching doesn't happen, uh, which doesn't, right? In most cases, why is it hi- hard to hire senior designers? Because senior designers have demands. Senior designers have a good taste also in the organization that they pick, right? right. They are not going to jump at any available opportunity, right? They have they have a taste and they they want to basically uh, they're looking for better things to work on right so if you if you tell them that they you have better things to work on um by evangelizing how you think and uh, how you're planning to solve the problem for the next 10 15 20 years to come then there, there is a potential match so i think evangelism is now starting to become more important and i i i love that more companies are seeing it that way Right. And uh, bigger companies always did this as, as like being the biggest recruiters in the market. But now smaller companies are having to compete with them and hence are having to catch up and sort of um, come to the fore with like uh, all the additional work that goes into it.
Yeah, Madhuri, uh, what's your take on that? With the mentorship, actually, I, I, I have had a very, how do you say, rosy life with mentorship because it started with eight years long mentorship with Karthi. And she's the reason why I'm in design and it's still continuing. So that means we're not bored of each other. Uh, there's a lot more than things. <laughs> and uh, for me, I see mentorship as a willingness from both sides. There's tolerance is one level, but willingness to actually see both sides to improve and grow together. Because in a team like mine and a different ethos like ours, it has to be built a certain way. And that's where the alignment comes in. And she puts it so well. It's like mentorship is like the willingness to sculpt that person, even though it is painful, it is okay. And you're willing to go through that sculpting because somewhere it will emerge out really well because you, it takes time, right? Even if it's broken, you have to restart from first and all of those things. And that has been a beautiful experience for me. Of course, I've had my ups and downs and, you know, we all know how horrible sometimes one-to-ones can be. And, you know, it just makes us feel like, okay, I don't think I should do this anymore. That kind of stuff. But it's been the most beautiful journey for me. It's like the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, coming to evangelism, um, it is 100% spot on what Hadik said. We have to be on uh, alignment. And if we are not in alignment, then we can't speak one unified language. So it's like uh, the human to human interaction, just like we do the human machine interaction, the human to human interaction, we have the same semantics, we have the same language, we have the same dictionary, as Abhinav mentioned. If we have all of that in one place, then it's much more easier for us to amplify our voice and evangelize it with all our teams. Like a product team speaks the same language, a marketing team speaks the same language, the sales team speaks the same language. Getting sales to speak is another story, but they're, they're kind of like, you're aligned and you're like, okay, let me get this done. And we're all coming in and saying yes, even though we say disagree to commit, we are saying yes to do it. And that is something exciting for me because the ability, sorry, not ability, the time spent on evangelism is reducing because there are good case studies out there. And we should keep contributing more so that our job as 80% communication reduces to 80%, uh, you know, should come down to 20%. Really, it should do. So that we can go and focus and do other stuff. That's what I think about evangelism. Awesome. Makes sense. Uh, and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, from giving lenses to mental models to uh, alignment and managing up and down. And, uh, you know, it's clear that value of evangelism to get the pipeline running to even be able to hire designers. Uh, I mean, the best designers are not uh, the kind of designers most companies and startups are looking for are not floating around their resumes. So it's impossible, kind of becomes impossible to hire without evangelism and retain without mentorship. Uh, I mean, you can, you may hire them without, but without a mentor, what you're going to do? Because there's countless startups which will, who will first, like, you know, uh, Abhinav said, will struggle to hire designers. And then there are some those who manage to hire them and then uh, designers leave fast because there was no mentorship and no, uh, you know, no one to guide that process. And, uh, you know, that brings us to, uh, uh, we are almost oh, like we have overshot our target time by a little bit. Uh, roughly it's one hour, but, uh, 
close for closing there is an open question uh, thrown to anybody who wants to pick this up but this is generally about the community uh, what do you think uh, we do in as a design community and designers these days that we should do more of like uh, you know like when you look at that you go like yes more of this please you you do realize that this could turn into a very different conversation right <laughs> i'm risking it yes let's try that <laughs> more of this <laughs> stop there <laughs> yeah. i think the it's just like the common answer is just that we need to share more yes right and we've been saying that for like a few years now right uh, but i think beyond sharing more it's it's about developing some formats of sharing right and so far i feel like there have been two formats the dribble post and the medium case study right, right. and uh, the best people like the people who managed to grow really fast managed to find the people to follow on dribble find managed to find the right case studies to read and then that's about it and then maybe they help other people find it as well but like the surface area sort of ends there like these are the two main things versus this for example the thing we're doing right now is a new format which probably has been done at some level somewhere else for different thing maybe not design Uh, but it sort of increases the surface area of what is out there because what is out there is in our brains firstly but it's also within the organizations that we are a part of mm-hmm. so by creating these new formats we're putting it out there and increasing the surface area of discovery in a sense uh, and of course there is vested interests in that right in the sense that if you do it as a designer at a company you're basically evangelizing for your company you're saying that if i if my understanding is this good it's because of the problems i've been able to work on it's because of the people i've been able to work with mm-hmm. uh and you know no matter what your goal is uh, it's a win win situation for all parties so i think that's really important increasing that surface area of uh, conversations around design mm-hmm. makes sense anyone wants to add to that um i actually think that not just the formats the type of questions that we have should have more nuances than just the regular questions mm-hmm. no answers like hey uh, i'm not able to solve this problem is one nuance the other nuance is i am getting stuck in this particular area or because we are mostly self taught designers i am completely self taught designers and we do not know what we are not you know navigating and we don't know what we don't know so is there a way or a thing to help us like even if we just share this out in the open it will help somebody because mm-hmm. they are going through the same questions in within themselves and if it is mm-hmm. you just bring them into the forefront right in back of your head or your tip of your tongue and you just want to get it out there hear a perspective and it will immediately clear it will work on its own and the nuances need to be answered more deeply mm-hmm. that is something that i would like to focus on and i think i've already started that but i would like mm-hmm. to take it right a slightly different question uh, what as a community we do not do right that we should start doing i think similar answer we do not talk about our work enough <laughs> in the sense that uh, there's still like maybe like a handful of designers who actually put out anything uh, useful right of course there's a lot of people with dribble and behance profiles uh, but there's there's still a handful of designers who put out stuff that um helps other people so i don't think 
I don't think there's, I don't think we have that. I don't think enough people have that mindset of let's put out stuff for value. Let's create value for other people. Right. So like, because the reason I also feel this is because as a junior designer, you want to, you want to think about how do I create value for myself Mm -hmm. as a senior designer, you want to create value for other people, but you're so busy doing that for your own organization. You might not have the time to actually do it externally, which is fair point. Right. Uh, But I think that is changing. Um, So yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. Hadik was saying something. Uh, no, I think creating value is very, uh, very, very true. Um, basically, I think we need to talk, basically talk more, right? Uh, and I would love for there to be like, like a low effort way to talk about show and tell your work, right? Uh, I think uh, the if if a well detailed case study is the only way to showcase your work, I think there are better formats that we have not explored. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe putting out videos of you uh, talking through like a case study for ten minutes sounds like a faster way of doing that, doing it uh, and a more personal way of doing it than just having to sit down and write and collect screenshots. Right. So I think I would love for more people to be just doing video portfolios where they are talking through their work, showing like a sketch file and going from artboard to artboard and explaining like a thought process for like 10 minutes straight. Right. And then next episode, next project, whatever. Right. (laughs) And uh, this to be like a really good way of uh, also uh, demonstrating thinking. Right. For example, like there are a lot, there, it's all fidelity, right? Like you lose a lot of fidelity as soon as you start writing, like, Hey, should I write this? Do I feel comfortable about like mentioning this particular point? Maybe while talking, uh, the barrier of barrier to sharing is lower, right? Like you just talk as if you would talk to a person and uh, more critique. I think uh, this is something that generally the design industry as a whole is struggling with. And uh, a few people who actually critique really well are basically shown the door, uh, unfortunately. So I think, um, I think we're, we're a bit far from that. I, I don't expect critique to be mainstream anytime soon, uh, but sharing for sure, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. And that brings us to another, the last question, uh, for the night, which is, uh, what is it that we do, but we should stop doing as a community? <laughs> Madhuri is impressed with the question. <laughs> I'm sure. What should we stop doing? Okay. I'll start. I'll start. I think, uh, 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 I should put my head topic uh, head on the chopping block first, right? Uh, one of the things we should definitely stop doing is, which I see a lot of happening, uh, especially lately is gatekeeping, right? Uh, uh, claiming that, uh, if you don't do X, then you're not a designer. Like, I think that's just, it's just unnecessary, uh, distraction. There are n number of designers, parts of design. We don't understand completely, uh, designers done in ways, uh, very different variety of different ways. I mean, with that one of the practices, things that design taught me was there's no single solution. There's no single problem. There's no same human being. So uh, there can't be same solution, same method, same design process, same designer. And uh, uh, there's a new trend starting on Twitter where people go like XYZ, XYZ, and it shows. And that just sounds like complete gatekeeping, right? Like you, you want to say that, uh, oh, like, you know, like I'm like, I have a million follower and I, I, I will tell you who designers are like, that just sucks. I think ga- less of gatekeeping is required. Like, uh, while we are becoming more vocal, it is important to be inviting and not scared of people who just are, you know, uh, getting in and uh, because you, we understand that we have all gone through imposter syndrome and self doubt a lot as in a journey as a designer, the least we can do is help those young folks out and make it easier for them. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think we're really idealistic too often nowadays, right? Like, and we project that everywhere. Like, 
and uh, when you look back you uh, look back at like some of these uh, things we have projected you, you you're wondering why were we so stuck up about this so i think that's something designers need to let go of we, we are, i've noticed that a lot of us were very idealistic about the wrong things like we, we were necessarily informed but we were idealistic anyway and that actually that's how that's how we progress right uh, as junior designers we were all about vanity we were all about showcase now it's more about value and storytelling and that same thing applies to like this whole uh, you know that's what we're seeing on twitter twitter all the time is when you say xyz is this this, this that's idealism which is not necessarily founded so this is this is what as a community we should also i mean i don't know if we i don't know if there's an action to it but then i think we should all just be open to more change i guess like internally and like actually we have actuated enough change and that's happened because other people were open to inviting that change right like as design as a fraternity as you know uh, been able to do that because other people let us do this like they 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 let us show and tell so we should we should like give that room to ourselves as well right? so i think that's one thing which is bothering me over the last few weeks i don't know how to articulate i still don't know if i am able to articulate this i can uh, i can add the the actionable uh, the action to it right the action to it could be um let's uh, dial down the virtue signaling and uh, uh, basically uh, snark right none of those two actually help anyone uh, and uh, there is very there is a very big chance that the person on the other end would could take it very differently that's yes. it so so like just it, it, it there's no point like imparting your virtues onto anyone nobody's out there trying to like i i don't go to twitter to learn how i can uh, fine tune my virtues i go there to have fun basically so keep it fun you know keep it lightweight keep like keep it self deprecating right like uh, let let's not let the humor die from the community i would say because otherwise it becomes a very sad community and we've seen many <laughs> communities die die uh, because of this right for sure awesome i think uh, uh, that brings us to a very interesting closure and uh, i mean we also have to fix our titles but probably that's a whole uh, round table for another day uh, we suck at tit- titles and you know definitions of for our own skill sets and designers can i just thank everyone how quickly we were able to pull this together <laughs> yeah thank you all for like seriously like overnight invitations and uh, and thank you hardik for making it happen to be very honest if you were not after me like probably i would have never gotten to it Yes, I think this idea from like designer I guess right like it's been yeah, like yeah let's do a round table let's do a round table <laughs> i think it started with the roast the idea was to roast first then it became a round table because we're civil like that so <laughs> i think uh, yeah, i think the sena sena head in siddharth basically prevented you know, <laughs> yeah it prevented us from doing that which was probably a good idea <laughs> <laughs> of not doing it was a good idea yes <laughs> yeah because we like our jobs and <laughs> hr is a problem suddenly pr is also a problem <laughs> oh yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> abhinav you can uh, you can add a hot take abhinav and madhuri can add a hot take definitely uh, some things we can't say you can for sure say <laughs> no man i'm 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 all i don't have any hot takes remaining 
You gotta, you gotta visit me in the morning when they're fresh. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining on such a short notice. This was a lot of fun. And uh, I can al already imagine all the questions and, you know, kind of interactions we all keep having, uh, uh, you know, Instagram, DM to on Twitter. There's gonna be a lot of value and insight for people in the industry. Uh, already designers and people, you know, coming in to know what to expect and what uh, industry is going through. And uh, I'm super sad that we did not get to have an Arnab Goswami moment where I could scream at, uh, you know, Hardik, speak it, speak it, Hardik. Why do you say it, Hardik, Hardik, say it? But like, maybe, maybe next time we, I can have an Arnab Goswami moment. I think, I think roughly we agreed with each other. We need right. to your questions where yeah. there are some disagreements. so peaceful and calm. So let's, say, let's keep that in mind. <laughs> Maybe for the next time. Yeah. <laughs> we are following our own advice, keeping it fun, keeping it light, and keeping it with us without sand snark. Uh, <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for joining in, folks, and have a good night. I always wanted to try, and I wanted to ask you, folks, if this makes sense. Uh, I think uh, three of all of us have met in person, and my favorite uh, intro line is like "You live." What do you think that as a like a starter line? I missed that completely. Sorry. What's what the line, dude? Hello. What the line is? You live. That's it. Like you live. You live. You mean? No, you live. Like. Ne never mind. I think I got it. It's flat. It's flat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's flat. <laughs> this is going great, guys. My brain this is still like actually. I was waiting for the punchline, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, uh, the.